0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Inshallah tonight we will speak about how Amir al-Mu'mineen Umar ibn al-Khattab رضي الله عنه ...dealt with the general public. One of the nicknames of Umar ibn al-Khattab... ...during his Khilafah... ...he was known as Abu al-Iyal. Abu al-Iyal. That means the father of the families. The one who takes care of the families. And how did he get known by this nickname? It is because he used to take care of women and families... ...when the husbands were away on jihad. There were a lot of conquests during the time of Umar ibn Khattab. Anh. So many of the men, they were away from home, fighting in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they left behind their wives and children. So Umar, anh, he considered this a personal responsibility of his, that he would go one by one to the homes of these families and make sure that they were taken care of, make sure that any needs that they had were taken care of by the leader, by, by Amir al Umar ibn al-Khattab. So he used to go to their homes and he used to ask the women, the wives whose husbands were away, he used to go to their homes, come to their doors and ask them, Do you have any needs? Can I take care of anything for you? And as for the need for food and supplies for these homes and for these families. Umar radiallahu anhu used to say to these women an wa He said if you need to buy anything, if you need to buy food or you need to buy supplies or anything that you need, if you need to buy it, I don't want you to be deceived by the merchants in the marketplace. Because I'm afraid that some of those merchants, they, not, they might not be honest. They know that you are women who don't have much experience with buying and selling. Us- usually the men are the ones who take care of that. So they may think that, okay, I can trick this woman. I can sell her this item for a much higher price and she won't even know. Umar wanted to make sure that that doesn't happen to these women. فَإِنِّي أَكْرَهُ أَن تُخْدَعْنَا that I would hate for you to be deceived if you go to the marketplace for buying something or selling something. So what he offered them, he said, look, whoever amongst you wants to buy something, just send if you have a servant, just send your servant with me and I will go to the market personally. Just give me your servant, send your servants with me and give me your list of things that you need from the market. I will personally go to the marketplace with your servants. I will buy whatever you need and then I will send it back with your servants to your home. So you guys don't have to go to the markets yourselves. And of course, if Amir al himself is in the marketplace, do you think anyone is gonna to try to cheat him? No one is gonna to try to deceive him. So this is what these women would do. They would send their servants with Umar bin al-Khattab and their lists of supplies that they needed. And then he personally would go into the marketplace And he would buy their supplies for them so sometimes he would come into the marketplace with like a swarm of servants behind him all of the women sending their servants with him so he would come into the marketplace with all of these servants behind him like he's bringing an army with him into the marketplace and then he would buy whatever these families needed and he would send it back with the servants as for those families that were poor he would use the funds from the Baytul Mal to buy their supplies. As for those who were well off and who had wealth, he would use their own money. And as for those who were poor, he would use money from the Baytul Mal to take care of them. Right. So he wanted to make sure that these families, their husbands have gone off to fight in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we need to make sure that these families are taken care of. When the husbands of these women, when they were off to different lands in the struggle, fighting in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sometimes these husbands, they would write letters and send these letters back to their wives and to their families. So there were messengers that would go between Medina and Persia or Medina and Sham. There were these messengers that would go back and forth. They would take mail or letters or correspondence from Medina to different lands and bring correspondence from those lands back to Medina. So Umar had these messengers that would go to the lands and bring correspondence back and forth. So sometimes some of these soldiers who were fighting in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they would actually write letters back home. And they would send these letters with the messenger that was going back to Al-Medina. So these letters from these soldiers, they would reach Medina and Umar he would personally take these letters and deliver it to the families. He would go one by one, home by home, and he would deliver the letters from these soldiers to the families. And he would actually say, when he would deliver the letters, he would say to these women and to these households, he would say, (laughs) if you know how to read, then here are your letters. Or if you have someone in your household who can read to you, then here are your letters. But if you are not able to read, and you know, in that time, there were many people, especially women, who were not able to read. So he said, for those of you who are not able to read, then just come close to the door, and I will read the letter to you. I will read personally the letter to you. See the level of concern that he had for these families, that he personally took it upon himself that he would read the letters to them. And then he also offered them, he said to these women, if you want to write letters to your husbands, then please do so as well. The messengers, they go from Medina on such and such days. They go regularly from Medina to these lands. So if you ever want to send letters to your husbands, then you are more than welcome to do so. And he would actually personally provide them with paper and with ink. He would bring paper to them, he would bring ink to them. If you want to write letters to your husbands, please write. And then he would say to them, if you know how to write, or if you have someone in your household who knows how to write, then go ahead and write. If you don't know how to write, then just come close to the door and dictate to me what you want to say, and I will write it down. So he would just sit there and he would write down, he would dictate, listen to these dictations, and he would write down these letters to be sent to these soldiers in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So look at this personal responsibility he took for these things. He considered these people like his own families. The men are away, so he considered that he has to take care of them on a personal level. And that is how he became known as Abul Iyal, <coughs> the father of the families. Also regarding the interactions of Umar ibn al-Khattab with the public, when he would be traveling when he would be traveling either for Hajj or for Umrah or for whatever reason, he would be traveling and there would be people with him traveling. Some of the interactions that he would have with people were very interesting interactions. On his journeys, on the journeys that Umar would take, he would make sure that there was one camel that was loaded with dates and water. One camel only for carrying dates and water. And there were cups as well for the water, right? So during the journey, if anyone would come to Umar ibn al-Khattab with a question or he he needs a fatwa or he has some type of concern or some type of complaint or two people maybe they had an argument with each other and they went to Umar ibn al-Khattab to mediate between them. If they would go to him while they were on a journey with any type of, of question or concern, before he would listen to them, he would say, just wait eat some dates and drink some water from the Kawa. So they would take down some dates, they would eat some dates, they would drink some water. Once they did that, then he would say, okay, now tell me what is your situation? What do you need? So this was the habit of Umar ibn Khattab عنه, during these journeys. And also during the journeys, they would usually travel in the night. It's easier to travel in the night because there's, there's no heat, Right? So they would travel in the night and they would rest during the day. So when they would rest during the day and when it was time to restart the journey in the evening, Umar he would get everybody ready and he would say, okay, start moving forward. He would let everyone move forward first and then he would be the last one to move forward because he would let them go and then he would check around the area to see if anybody forgot something, (coughs) if anybody dropped something, Right? And then he would gather all of those things and he would carry it on for the remainder of the journey. And if anybody lost anything, they would come to him and say, Amir al I lost this, I lost that. And he would give them whatever they had lost because he would collect all of those things himself. This is Amir al But he's doing this type of job. Like he's serving the people who are with him. Instead of them serving him, he is the one who is serving them. So it just shows how he viewed his own responsibility. This was the style of leadership of Umar ibn al-Khattab that he was at service to his people. Instead of being served by the people, a good leader is one who serves his people. That's why it has been said, Sayyidul qaum Khadimuhum, That the leader of a people is the one that serves them. If you're a good leader, that means you will be at service to the people who you are leading. And this was the way of Umar ibn al-Khattab. Very humble with the people. There's another incident that was narrated by a man from Juhayna. This man from Juhayna, he mentions that his father sent him with some goats to go to Medina and sell those goats in Medina. So he's from Juhayna. But his father says, go to Medina and sell the goats in Medina. You'll probably get a better price for them in Medina. So this young man, he brings his goats and he's riding on a donkey coming into Medina. And his donkey has supplies on it as well. (coughs) And as he approaches Medina, the supplies that are on the donkey, they're about to fall down. Because the way that he has tied it up on the donkey, it's starting to lean on one side. He didn't tie it up very well. So the balance is a little bit off and the supplies are about to fall off the donkey. This is when he's about to enter Medina. So he needs help to prop these supplies up so it doesn't fall down. So the first person he sees, he sees a man there on the outskirts of Medina and he says, Sir, can you help me? Can you help me fix these supplies on my donkey so these things don't fall down? He doesn't know who the man is just the first man he saw and the man he sees this young man and he says na ya bunay yes of course i can help you my son he goes and he helps him he ties up the supplies he fixes everything and everything is okay then this man and the young man doesn't realize who it is but he asked him man anta and the young man says ana fulan ibn fulan al-juhani i am so-and-so, the son of so-and-so, from Juhayna. And then the man who helped him, he says, you know, when you go back to your dad, tell him that Amirul Mu'mineen advises him that don't slaughter your goats when they are so young. Let them grow a little bit. Let them get at least one year old and then slaughter them. This is the advice of Amirul Mu'mineen go and tell this to your father. So now the young man is surprised. He's saying this is the advice of Amir al-Mumineen. So then he asked him, Who are you? Man anta? He said, I am Umar ibn al khattab So then the young man is just blown away. He's shocked. Like this is the leader of the Muslim world. And he just helped him to fix his load on his donkey. What type of king does this? So the young man was shocked at this. But it really just shows the humbleness of Umar ibn al-Khattab that he was so powerful and so great but he didn't let this change his personality. He remained humble and he never became arrogant. And he was always very comfortable to be amongst his people, to just be one of his people. He didn't think that he was above them or that he shouldn't be mixing with them or associating with them. No, he loved to be with them and help them with whatever they needed help with. So this was his humbleness. One night while Umar was doing his regular patrol around Medina, this is how he used to spend his nights, going around Medina making sure that everyone is okay. One night during his regular patrol, he saw a woman. And this woman was carrying a number of heavy water skins. So a woman carrying these heavy... Water skins, it's not something that, that, that is easy for a woman. And she's doing it in the middle of the night. Right? So he asks her, he goes to her and asks her, Masha'anuki, like what's what's the situation? Why are you doing this? And then she explains, she says, I have many young kids, so I cannot leave them in the daytime. And my husband, he's not around, he's out of town. Maybe his her husband was a soldier fighting in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She said, My kids are young, I can't leave them in the daytime, my husband is not around. And I don't have any servant. So this is the only time that I can go out in the night and and get water to bring back to my home. So she was carrying that heavy water herself and going back to her home. And then Umar says, okay, let me help you carry the water to your home. Give it to me, I'll help you. And then he carries it on his own back. And he takes it all the way to her home. And then before he leaves, he says to this woman, you know, I think you should go tomorrow morning to Amirul Mu'mineen. Go to the quarters of Umar ibn al-Khattab and I'm sure he will help you out. He'll give you a servant. You know, you have little kids, your husband is not around, you're doing all this stuff by yourself. I'm sure he'll give you a servant. Just go to him in the morning. And then she's surprised. She's like, who am I? I'm just a, you know, I'm just a poor woman. How will I have access to Amirul Mu'minin? How can I go to Amirul al And then Umar an says to her, don't worry, just go. And I'm sure, inshallah, you'll be able to meet him. His door is open. You can go and meet him. So she says, Okay, I'll try. Worth a shot. So the next morning, she goes to the quarters of Amirul Mu'minin. Umar ibn Khattab. Anh, and who does she find there? She finds the same man who helped her the night before. So she's so shocked. This is Amirul Mu'mineen. This is Umar. He's the one who helped me. And she actually got kind of scared. And she started to run away. And then Umar he sent a servant to her home and he also ordered for her to receive some assistance from the Baytul Maal. that she, This woman, you know, she's poor, she should receive some extra assistance from the Baytul mal and she also needs a servant. So a servant was sent to her to take care of her needs. <coughs> also from the qualities of Amirul Minin, Umar ibn al-Khattab, عنه, that if someone did something wrong, you know how, how strict he was, how firm he was. If someone did something wrong, but this person had an acceptable excuse, he had a justifiable reason why he did something wrong, then Umar an out of his fairness, he would accept these excuses. If it was a fair, valid excuse, he would accept the excuse. Once there was a man who was in Mecca and he cut some of the trees of Mecca in order to make fodder to feed his camel and this is not permissible it's not permissible to cut down the trees of Mecca Mecca the boundaries of the Haram it's not permissible to hunt animals It's not even permissible to cut down trees right but this man he cut down some part of a tree in order to make some type of feed for his camel and he fed his camel with that so when Umar ibn Khattab came to know about this he ordered for this man to be brought to him that this man he cut a tree from the haram which is not permissible so this man was brought to Amir al-Mu'mineen Umar ibn Khattab and Umar he said to him cutting trees in Mecca cutting trees in the boundaries of the haram it is not permissible it is haram why did you do this and then the man said Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen I know it's haram But my camel was hungry and I was afraid that if I didn't feed it that it may actually die and I didn't have any food for it and I didn't even have any money to buy food for it and I needed that camel to get to my home. I don't live in Mecca and I'm on my way home and if my camel dies then I'm going to be stuck. I'm not going to have any way to go home. I have no money, I have no food, I have nothing. So that is why I did it, Ya Amir al Now, Umar radiallahu anhu, he brought this man in his presence with the intention to punish him for cutting a tree in the haram. But now after he heard this explanation, he understood this explanation. And he decided not to punish this man. He decided to let him go. So he let him go, and he ordered for him to be given a camel from the camels of Sadaqah. From the camels that they had collected for Sadaqa. This man, he's deserving of it. He's a poor man trying to reach his home. So he needs this camel. So they gave him one of the camels of Sadaqah, and Umar ordered for that camel also to be loaded up with food. And he said, Okay, you can take this camel, it has food. Go on your way, go back to your home, and don't ever cut any trees from the haram again. And the man accepted this, and he said, I won't do it again, Ya Amirul Muminin." and he went on his way. So even though Umar was very strict when someone did something wrong, If someone did something wrong but he had a reason and he had a justifiable excuse for doing it, then Umar he would accept that person's excuse and he would pardon this person. One night, Umar ibn al-Khattab, he was out in Medina and he actually entered someone's home. In the middle of the night, he enters someone's home. Talha, radiallahu he noticed this, that Amir al-Mumineen, he went into somebody's house and he stayed there for some time, then he came out. So he got curious, like, what's going on? Why did he go in that person's house in the night? What's going on? here? So he waited to see what happens. He saw Umar get out and leave. When morning came Talha, he went to that same house and he knocked the door and he said, do I have permission to enter? And he was given permission to enter, so he entered the home and who did he find there? He found a very old blind woman who was sitting on a chair. She could not even walk, so she's old and she's blind and she is confined to a chair. So Talha sees this old woman and he asks her, Who is this man who comes to your home in the night and why does he come? And the old woman, she says, I don't know who he is. But he's a guy who has been helping me for a long time. He comes, he asks me if I need anything, he brings food to me, he brings supplies to me. He cleans the trash from my home and he takes it out. He just takes care of me and then he leaves. I don't know who he is. So then Talha, he heard this and he left the home and then he said to himself, he felt bad for himself, like why was I even, why did I even have any thought that why is he going in that home? He said to himself, umuk, ya Talha. Umar He said, May your mother be bereft of you, Ya Talha. Talking to himself, criticizing himself, getting angry at himself. He said, Are you trying to find fault in Umar? What are you trying to do? Are you trying to find fault in Umar? Do you have any doubts in Umar? So he felt guilty that he was even curious about what was going on. The great companion of the Prophet Abdul Rahman ibn Auf, he mentions an amazing story that really highlights the character and the concern that Umar ibn al an had for his people. Rahman ibn Auf mentions that once a caravan of businessmen came to Medina, And they had, you know, a lot of merchandise with them, valuable merchandise. So these were businessmen, and, and many of the businessmen, they had their families with them too. So there were women, there were children as well in this caravan, and a lot of valuable merchandise. So they were in Medina, and of course, when night came, this caravan needed security. They needed Guards to protect them because of the valuable merchandise that they had. So Umar radiAllahu an, he approaches Abdurrahman ibn Auf radiAllahu anh and he says, "What do you say? You and me, we will be the security for this caravan." So Abdurrahman ibn Auf an, he agrees. So Umar an, he could have appointed anyone to do it. You know, he's Amirul Muminin, but he said, "Okay, I'll do it myself." So he decided he and Abdurrahman ibn Auf would stay up the whole night, and they would. Guard that caravan. So they're guarding the caravan in the night. During the first part of the night, a baby starts to cry. One of the babies, who is from one of the families that's with the caravan, starts to cry, cry, cry. So this baby is crying. So Umar radiallahu anhu hears this crying and he goes to the mother and he says to her, Ittaqillah wa ahsini ila sabiyyiki. He says to her, Fear Allah and be good to your baby. Take care of your baby. It's crying too much. So she says, Okay. And Umar radiallahu anhu, he goes back to his place. After a few hours, again the baby starts to cry. Cry, cry, cry. He leaves it alone for a while, but when the crying continues, he goes back to the woman again. And he says the same thing to her again. Ittaqillah wa ahsini ila sabiiki." That fear Allah and take care of your child. She says, Okay. And he goes back to his place. Then, during the last part of the night, the baby starts to cry again. And now, Umar radiallahu anhu, he's kind of upset. Like, what type of mother is this that, you know, her, her baby is basically crying all night? Can't she take care of this little baby? So he's upset and he goes to her for the third time. And this time he says, Wayhaqi inni لَارَاكِي امَا سُوء he says to her, Woe to you! I think that you are not a good mother. It seems like you're not a good mother. That you're letting your baby cry all night. And then she gets angry with Umar ibn al Khattab radiallahu anhu. She doesn't realize who he is. She doesn't know this is Amir al So she says to him, You know, you've been bothering me the whole night coming to me and telling me to take care of my baby. You know the reason why my baby is crying? Is because I'm trying to. Wean my baby off of breast milk. I'm trying to start to get my baby to eat solid foods. I'm trying to feed him bread and stuff instead of drinking my milk. And you know he's he's not liking it, so he's crying. That's why he's crying. So this is the reason why he's crying. And Umar, radiallahu anh, he looks at the baby and it's a very small baby. So he asks, How old is your baby? She said, A few months. And then he's surprised. Why are you trying to get him off your milk? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The period of, of nursing, it's two years. This baby is just a few months old. Why are you trying to get him off of your milk and start making him eat solid foods? And then she says, You know the reason why I'm trying to make him eat solid foods? Because the policy of Umar is that he gives an allowance to all children. Any child that's born, any child gets an allowance from the Baytul mal. but that allowance only starts when the baby is not drinking the mother's milk anymore. When the baby starts eating solid food, then that allowance from the Baytul Maal starts. But as for babies who are still suckling from their mothers, they don't get any allowance. So I need my baby to start eating solid food now so that he will get that allowance. So Umar radiallahu anh, he's, he's just he's petrified by this, he's shocked by this. And then he says to her, وَيْحَكِي la ta'jilihi." Woe to you. Don't be in a rush to get him off of your milk. Let him continue to drink your milk. This can be dangerous for him. And then he was worried for the rest of the night. He was thinking about his policy. What, what have I done? What has this policy caused? How many other women are like this? That they stop feeding their babies' milk because they want the allowance from the Baytul Mal because of my policy. How many children from the Muslims have I harmed, have I hurt by this policy? He got very afraid and he was, he was, he was, he was petrified with what his policy may have caused. So Abdurrahman ibn Auf mentions that when the time for Fajr came, he was worried the whole night after having this conversation with this woman. When the time for Fajr came, he led Salatul Fajr as normal. And Abdurrahman ibn Auf says, that day, Umar ibn Khattab, he led Salatul Fajr. And we have no idea what surah he recited in the prayer. Because he was just crying so much that his recitation was so unclear due to the crying, that I have no idea what surah he read in the salah. And then after that, after the Salah was finished, he said, He said about himself, What has Umar done? Umar is ruined. Umar is ruined. How many of the children of the Muslims have I killed with this policy of mine? Perhaps the mothers forced them to stop drinking their milk early and this may have caused harm to the children and maybe some children died because of my policy, what have I done? So he was so upset with himself and he had the town caller, the person who is responsible for announcing things around the city, he had the town caller go around and announce that from today, all children who are born, they will have an allowance from the treasury. From the day that they are born, whether they are suckling or not suckling, all children will have an allowance from the Baytul mal. So do not deprive your children of your milk. O oh mothers, do not deprive your children of your milk. He had this announced all over the city, and then he had this policy implemented all around the Muslim world as well. This was Umar ibn Khattab. This is the, the real concern that he had. For his people. This is the responsibility that he took for this Ummah. He considered, he considered himself like a father for the people who were under his rule. رضي الله عنه وارضاه. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with Umar bin khattab رضي الله عنه, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward him for all the good that he did for the Muslims and for Islam and for this Ummah. Amin. Inshallah, we'll continue with his biography next week, بإذن الله. بارك الله فيكم والله أعلم وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين